Well, hey, joining uh, Ms. Shami and I today on the stage is, uh, is one of the missionaries that we support. They're global ministers. They're known around this nation by oh, so many great ministers support their ministry. Uh, this is Mr. Kobe Ferguson. Can you give it up for Mr. Kobe? Now, Kobe, you and I have known each other for a number of years, and I just can't, I just, man, I'm just so proud to be your friend, and what you guys, you and your beautiful wife, Shani, and your amazing family, you got like five, 25 kids, right? No, you have four kids. Uh, five. <laughs> you have five kids, and uh, there they are. Look how beautiful they are, and I just want to thank you so much for, you know, all you do. Now, years ago, I'll never forget, um, I probably have heard you say this 50 to 100 times, you, just, you said, you know, I'm just an old country boy from Alabama, and, uh, and now you guys are international ministers, and, you, and you, most of your ministry is focused right there in Israel. That's right. How, how did that come to pass? Well, I see it's the interesting questions uh, They'll get it. Of, the, um, of the year award you get. Um, not, not any softball questions. I'm used to telling versions of this. You know, today I just want to peel back the curtain. Yeah, I know a, a lot of folks here might know about the ministry that my in-laws started 45 years ago, Ma'o's Israel Ministries, but this is meeting the man behind the myth. Ooh. Uh, and I'm actually, I have to say, I'm Batman. Actually. <laughs> it's really so, Batman. hidden in Alabama. No. So, the very short version, I was born in Dallas and raised in... Uh, Alabama, so so you started saved, killed, <laughs> fell away from the Lord, <laughs> then had to get back to saved again. So um, cowboy redneck actually grew okay. up in uh, Selma, Alabama. Okay, and my father uh, felt like he heard a word from the Lord, and it was a true word. And any true word from the Lord is something you cannot do on your own. Yeah. And this word was go to Selma and plant a church. And he said, I need another word, you know. So he went and planted, as far as we know, the first interracial congregation Come in on. Selma, Alabama. Multiracial church so, in Selma, Alabama. Wow. So it's huge, man. So it was really interesting. We had a lot of black folks saying, what are you guys doing? You're taking people from our churches. And then a lot of the white folks were like, man, what are you doing? You know, at the time it was still... And, I, and I'm embarrassed to say people say, well, was this in the 50s or the 60s? It was in the 80s. It was the yeah, mid-80s before right. we actually right. had an interracial right. congregation. But um, so it was, a, it was a difficult upbringing in a lot of ways. And then I had grown up loving the Lord, really fell away big time. I started playing uh, music in bands and clubs and festivals and wow. really just playing for the devil is really what I did. Hmm. And then I went to this move of God that was happening in Pensacola, Florida, yep. uh, called the Brownsville Revival. Yep. And, and I just, I, my sister had just passed away. Hmm. This is where I'm just really pulling back the curtain, let you guys know me a little bit. She'd passed away, and my parents said, look, we haven't done anything as a family. She was 22. I was 20. They said, let's, let's go visit this uh, um, this, uh, the beach in Pensacola. That was, let's go to the beach. <laughs> they snuck it in on you. And so uh, I said, okay, you know, um, I'd actually been going to Mexico and back and forth to uh, bring back goods and services, I'll just say. <laughs> in, 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 case the, in case the popo's still on my, on my, tra <laughs> on my trail. They're going to um, stand up right here and take No, I think, I think the, uh, um, 
I think certain statutory uh, <laughs> dates have passed. There's so, some time frames that are. So, um, and everybody said amen. Thank you. Cause so, yes, the, those who have been forgiven much, they love much. That's and, right. Um, and so I just, I, I was just sick of this world as we know it. There was something drawing me into something deeper, but I couldn't really fill that void as some of us, you know, have gone through that. And so I basically went to this move of God that was happening, and I met a man named Yeshua, a Jewish man. That's Jesus, by the way. And it changed my life forever, and I just completely did a 180, turned around, and I never went back to that lifestyle. Wow. And then... Uh, was led to the Lord by a guy named Dr. Michael Brown, yeah. who had started the school of ministry there. Some of yeah. you, yeah. shout yeah, out, phenomenal. my spiritual, spiritual Abba, spiritual dad. Yep. And he actually said, young man, uh, you should consider coming to our Bible college that we're starting. And, and it just penetrated me. Uh, yeah, I, I think I need to. So I just became obsessed with the Lord. Yeah. And so a, as I would just go about my daily business, I realized, okay, I need to actually pray and read the word and then went to the Bible college and just learned what revival was and what uh, evangelism and outreach was. And they used to have little uh, markers and, uh, for people to pray around the buildings on their prayer nights would be four or 5,000 people gathered to pray. And one of their little banners said Israel. And, you know, I, I grew up with an understanding of Israel and, and, and Jewish roots, the faith and all this stuff. Uh, but but didn't really understand much yeah. of it, you know. Yeah. Growing up in Selma, we had negative 200 Jews, and <laughs> you know, and so I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> what is all this about? And so I just felt myself drawn to that, and, and drawn, and I would weep in prayer, which really was wow. strange for me because I was a, I was uh, accused of having my ear my tear ducts removed. I was that kind of guy. <laughs> no one thought you were. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden now I'm this weeping intercessory guy and wow. just. Like, the Lord really changed my life when, when I uh, came to the Lord. And so I would just pray for these people of Israel. And then, unbeknownst to me, uh, on the other side of the world, um, my wife, uh, who was good friends with, with the people who started the, the school of ministry, had been invited to come and study. And so we met, fell in love, and graduated and married and moved to Israel. So wow. I realized the Lord was calling me not just to Israel, but to an Israeli. <laughs> right, right, doing this right And so that's the <laughs> very sh short now, version. So, 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 so here, this Alabama boy moves to Israel with his new wife, where she's from, because um, she's a missionary's kid in Israel. And now you guys live and minister, I mean, in one of the hotbeds of the world. I mean, you talk about conflict. I mean, what we go through here in the United States is nothing compared to what you got. Talk about... I mean, raising your children, not knowing if the building you're in is going to be bombed. I mean. Well, I think uh, if Shanice sends her greetings, by the way. We, because of uh, the quarantine, she had to fly back before me uh, so that somebody can actually go buy groceries at some point. So right. she has to go in quarantine, and I have to come uh, Wednesday and, and go through it myself. But she would say her earliest memories of conflict were in the early 80s. Her father actually went to Lebanon and fought in the wow. Lebanese war in Beirut. Wow. Um, and there were actually, all these soldiers were actually given a medal just a few months ago. Wow. Because it was kind of declared a very, was always considered a hush-hush kind of mm. conflict, but now everything's open and they realize these were real heroes. Wow. So her earliest memories are, okay, dad's going to fight up in the front, front lines in Lebanon, which is serious stuff. I mean, they do Netflix movies about these kind of places. Right, you know? right. 
And so then later, um, her earliest memories are doing drills of having to put a gas mask on. You got, you know, 45 seconds to go into your safe room. And then, you know, we started experiencing even more recently, uh, I've been in the land 22 years. I am an Israeli citizen. People say, well, you don't sound like one. I know I sound like you all, but I've been in Israel so long, I don't feel like it anymore. Wow. You know, so inside here, and we speak Hebrew fluently and deal with Arabs and Jews on a, on a daily basis. But what we are experiencing recently is a new round of missile attacks. I don't know if there's a... Yeah, show uh, that, that picture a, that you guys picture experienced. They got that up. Got it two guys in it may not have made it, but once you explain what... Sure, what and they can show it at some point. So basically, we, now it's happened before in the past where um, people started shooting missiles towards Jerusalem. It's not been considered a smart thing because we have the Dome of the Rock and the, and the Muslim holy sites. So usually they steer clear of Jerusalem, um, and nobody's usually stupid enough to do that. But in fact, this Hamas government is stupid enough to do that. Wow. And, and they have been firing missiles on, onto Jerusalem, and uh, it was one day they actually announced, hey, at 6 o'clock, they, they made some ridiculous um, requ requ demands uh, of Israel, uh, or we're going to shoot missiles at, at 6 p.m., and they did. And so I'm hearing the missiles go off, and Shanine actually is just getting home, and she leaves the car running, we found out later, you know, the garage door open and everything, and so we're running, and we said, you know, we have 90 seconds, actually 45, and people that are closer have 15 to 30 seconds, mm. and we began to hear the missiles hit, boom. I said, okay, it's starting, yeah, boom. It's and then we heard one, boom, and, and the whole house shakes, and I said, wow, that hit the house? And my wife, being the veteran, she's like, calm down. They didn't hit the house. <laughs> it would be much louder than that. Calm down. You know, just so you know what it's like to be married to an Israeli, like when I hear a noise in the night, I wake her up. <laughs> yeah. To go, to go, <laughs> go get them, baby. To go look at it. You know, train she, killers, go, go get them. kill you yeah. with her pinky. Ninja Ms. assassin, Cro go Ms. get them. Miss Croft McGraw, right, everybody. <laughs> They're born with it. So that's what it's been like on a daily basis. And so it's intense. Oh, would I say we were scared? Uh, I think we're concerned. It would be the, the, the spiritual way to say it. But yeah, you're scared. You know, yeah, you, you're hearing missiles hit. You don't know how close it's coming. You don't know how many uh, will actually land. And one actually landed pretty close from here, about, I guess, to the parking lot. To your um, house. To our house in a wooded area. And huge crater. You can see these trees were shredded. And their missiles have gotten bigger and badder over the years. Wow. And so these are things we deal with on a daily basis. And what the, so that's kind of the, the, the immediate felt part of it. But some, some things I'd like you guys to understand, pulling back the curtain, what it's like to run a ministry and we're involved with projects. We do worship yeah, concerts, initiatives. So yeah, how do you initiatives. minister in this environment so like this? All of all of us now has to get pretty serious before they call me up, but we all... You know, that's we, we know we're in the end times when you see me, you know, fighting on the front lines. But it could happen. Um, you can leave the all, for last. <laughs> we all have to do duty and service and things. And, and uh, all, most of our team has to be called up if something happens. Because so, every Israeli citizen is a part of the Army, right? Yes. Everyone serves. Um, right. At the age of 17, 18, they go into the process. They do their two-year training. Two years for ladies, three, year, three to four years for men. Depends on their role. They'll it's, even leave the United States 
uh, who live Israeli citizens who live in the United oh, States. Yeah. I've I've been on the airplanes with them as they were going back They're as going a seventeen-year-old. Yeah, to, if, if to you're from there. Israel, at some point they want you to come back and serve, yeah. um, if you want to retain citizenship. Right. So, uh, it's considered an honor and a, it's a it's a privilege. It's we we love the fact that uh, the the whole nation has this yeah. common connection. Is that we serve sure. and and. And so how protect do you, our country. So how do you minister in this con? And maybe you should take a moment and explain the conflict, because I don't think, as Americans, we don't really understand like what, what's this about? Why, why is there always fighting? I mean, we see a lot of cars, bombs, and maybe not there in Jerusalem, but throughout that area. I'll, I'll br can, briefly, so I'll just explain, and then I'll explain the, the real reason behind it. Uh, it goes back to Ishmael and Isaac. I mean, it really has this ancient background. Uh, and, and the scripture even says that Ishmael will always be a wild person, a wild man, mm -hmm. you know, against his brothers, his cousins. And so there's this dynamic really about um, who was going to be worshipped on the Temple Mount. Who was really gonna, going to be worshipped in the city of Jerusalem? Will it be the God of, of Islam or will it be the God of Israel? Mm -hmm. And this is what the ultimate uh, uh, deal is about. All about that little piece of land. It's about who's going to control this thing. And, and they believe that, you know, we, you know, that Ishmael has the birthright. And so anything after that is a moot point. Mm -hmm. And so all these peace treaties and all these things are really just uh, uh, Muslim radicals. There's a lot of people that don't feel that way that are all Muslims. But if you're a devout, radical Muslim... Uh, who is obeying the Quran, mm. but they're all about destroying Israel and pushing them into the sea, mm. as Muhammad wrote. And so it puts us in a, in a unique position. Now, I will say uh, our heart is to love them. Yeah, I want you to speak and, to that because you're a minister of the gospel, and I know over the years you and I have talked how you, you'll minister, you minister to radical Muslims, you minister to Israelis. I mean, you, 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 I, so that's what I love about you so much. So you know? I... <laughs> Well, I was called to Israel. Yeah. Now, Israel biblically is Jewish Israel. It's mm -hmm. just what you, when Yeshua talks about coming back, Yeshua, Jesus, that's his name, is salvation. When he talks about coming back uh, in Matthew 24 and 23, he talks about coming back to a Jewish Jerusalem. It was never a consideration that it would be anything else. But in Israel, we have Jews and Arabs. We have millions of Jews and Arabs. Now, we right. have the quote-unquote Palestinian people uh, that are kind of a, really there's no such thing as a Palestinian or a Palestine. Yeah. Uh, the word comes from Philistine. Wow. And so the Romans used to conquer places and name uh, that place after their arch enemy. It was their way of doing like, a, you know, uh, doing uh, a men. It'd wow. be like, name wow. your favorite sports team. Yeah. And they get defeated and, you know, so I always say roll tide when I see you, right? You know, no, so. you do not say that. <laughs> so, you know, what if we? <laughs> I'm put, out. I'm going. What, now. What, <laughs> it's an analogy, Adam. So there's a deep you know, place of woundedness right you know, there. And if I wrapped your car one day with you know uh, <laughs> big, big Al on it or something, you, you know, think you had a bomb outside of you your know, house. This is. I know this is just a figment of my imagination <laughs> because there's and there's no reality or basis for it. Right. But in any case, it, it's the Roman Rome would conquer a group of people. Wow. They would say, hey, you know, you're Palestine now. Mm. You're not Israel. Yeah. You have a different identity. Wow. 
And so over years, it's a long story, but these people began to, Yasser Arafat began to call himself the Palestinian Liberation Organization, and there was no such, the original Philistines came from off the island of Crete, so they were more um, Macedonian or Mediterranean, they, and wow. they, uh, the word means to lifloche, or to grab, or, or, or pirate something, mm -hmm. so they were wow. actually pirates, so pirate. they were grab the identity of Israel, and they really don't if they will release that and come into reality that they are a, a, a son of Ishmael, according to the, the Hebrew scriptures, Ishmael has some brilliant promises. Yeah. Beautiful things were promised That's to right. Ishmael. That's right. And one of those things being that he will protect yep. his brothers. So they're called to protect Israel, but instead they want to replace Israel and destroy Israel. Right. So in the meantime, we have to push these things off to the side and say these people still need to be helped. They need to be ministered so to. So good. And they need the gospel so beyond anything else. Yeah. And so we have pledged by life or by death, we will reach uh, the Jews and the Arabs Thank with, the, you for with that. the gospel. Amen. That is so come on. We ought to give it. That's so I, I don't get to hear that much from people who minister in Israel. They're, they're more all about the Israelis, more about the Jews, and not, don't have a heart for all the people there. And Jesus came to seek and save everyone. It ain't easy, I'll tell you that much. Right, no, all right, because the conflict and, and, the, and the ideologies. And then when, you, when you're, let, let me just tell you all, when you have missiles hitting near, near your home that could be possibly killing you and your family, you think, okay, am I still going to love these people? Yeah. You know, it's easy to yeah. love those, you know, these are, the agree words, with you. these are the words of our master, right, our king. Yeah. Hey, it's easy to, to love people who give you chocolates and love you and visit you and yep. treat you nicely. What about people that are shooting missiles at you? Right. Can you love them? Right. And I will say that I've been challenged a time or two in these very things. My children were going to, during the, this barrage, you know, we were hit in about a two week period uh, with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of missiles uh, were full. This is just, we, we came here, uh, July, so this is right as right before we were planning and, to come on our trip. And we're talking in a city, not like in the whole nation, right? Like you're t in a concentration. Oh, they were hitting the whole the yeah. whole city, the whole yeah. nation. Wow. Yeah, and going as far as Jerusalem, which that only happened a few times, but the places closer to them, yeah. most of their missiles hit their own people. Oh. Most of the missiles hit their own people. They fell within the the Palestinian territory. So, uh, the, this is the challenge. Can we? Um, love these people. My kids were on the way to a youth group, and uh, it's it's like something was stirred up. It reminded me of what I think we encountered all over the U.S. too, just riots and just yeah. um, just controversy and chaos and confusion stirred up, which is the author of this is the devil we know. That's right. But my kids were going to a youth group, and they were kind of near an Arab uh, Muslim area, and this this guy driving a truck just or a van ran into some of the kids. And my daughter was right beside. The, and I just warned them, hey, just be careful when you guys go into the city because stuff, something's being stirred up. Yeah. You know, it was during the time of all these missile attacks. Wow. And so, praise God, uh, she was fine. She had to go to the hospital, and my daughter was not hit. But these are just kind of things we deal with on a daily basis. Right yeah. after we pray, we're in a prayer session to reach the Muslims. They start lobbing bombs. One was hit, she, uh, hit, hit and run accident. Was it a purposeful thing? Wow. Wow. You know, I want you to speak to, because you're the CEO now of Maos, which has been there 
50 years, you said? Is that about yeah, right? Yeah, close to that. Yeah, and so you guys um, are having international, you know, ministry. I mean, you were even telling me about, um, was it some African, um, th- that you're helping them start churches and things like that. Because Israel is this beautiful place that men and women come from around the world. Yes. But you can't necessarily do ministry, street ministry per se, like what you did probably in the past. So you, you tell a little bit about what you guys are doing and, and kind of the reach that you're having. Well, when we were younger, I would do a lot of labor to help people. I would, if somebody needed to move, uh, I would help them move. If somebody needed something and I was able to do it, you know, big old redneck from Alabama. Yeah. You know, right. use what the Lord g- gave yeah. me, you know. So relational and evangelism. So relational, just talking to people, going into uh, coffee uh, shops. A few times going to, an, I went to an Arab village a few times. And wow. uh, that was. Which is uh, dangerous, right? For uh, that particular one. Yeah, we you. almost got killed one time. But that was uh, because a lot of people had come to faith and the Lord and the uh, Lord was doing something and the enemy did not like it. So we, but just walking down the street, really just uh, a lot of what we do are, are kind of like God moments where he's breaking through the mundane monotony of life. If we're just open yeah. for, for the Lord doing anything. You know, my, my daughter uh, asked me, just, we were, we've been here a couple months in the U.S., and she said, do you have to share everywhere you go, <laughs> you know? And later I just explained to her, look, this is our passion or obsession. If something were to happen and I don't, running an international ministry anymore, I'm going to be sharing as a janitor somewhere, you That's know, right. maybe, maybe right. not as effective, but I'm going to do my best. Yeah. She said, no, I understand that. But she was like, let me just give you some tips. I said, oh, really? She's now she's just trying to help my message. Yeah. Oh, okay. She's like, you're talking to younger people and they just look at you, this crazy guy with a beard and, and you know, I'm like, okay. So she's trying to tweak my, my approach. Message. Yeah. Okay. And so, but in any case, I, I, this is what it took, and this is why I think the Lord uh, has given us a, a platform because I think we started from just on the streets, just talking with people, day to day basis. Yeah. And, and I have to remember these things, by the way. Yeah. But now, as we have uh, an amazing team the Lord has given us and it's growing, uh, we, we delegate these things and we said, okay, we, we need an evangelism team. <coughs> Excuse me, an evangelism team. We need. Uh, a, a, a humanitarian outreach yeah. team, and now we're we're trying to strategically position uh, ourselves to say what is the best way to reach this country for the good news. Yeah. You know, wh- how do we make the biggest impact? And the Lord's really done a miracle for most. I mean, a lot of larger American churches would have gotten behind the ministry, and so so that gives you the opportunity to do some bigger things, and that that just excites me because I remember the days with you like dude we just need a hundred dollars right now to pay the car note just so we can go minister in this you know to this Arab group or over here and so to see how God has now entrusted you with more and I think that really is the message right if we're faithful with little things he'll make us ruler over much if we love the individual he'll help he'll expand our ability to love a nation that really is kind of your story which has just blown my mind and and raising your children in a and more of a hostile environment than like I said than Dallas and, uh, and just so proud of you guys. And what I want you to do is I want you to take a moment. You know, this is our mission Sunday. We've got a number of short-term missions trips. That I, I, here's what happened to Jamie and I. I got rocked on the mission field as a 14-year-old. If not, I would be somewhere either in prison or in Hollywood, you know, somewhere between. 
And, um, and, but that missions trip, when I saw pain and suffering in the poorest nation in our hemisphere, Haiti, and I, and I thought my life was bad because we didn't have a whole lot, you know, growing up, single mom. And, and, uh, and so when I saw that and I saw real pain and real suffering, I thought, my Jesus is not a game. This is real. People are dying and going to hell. And, and, and I said, that's it. I'm going to change everything. And I did. I made a shift at 14 years old, went after God with all my heart. And so I tried to set up that opportunity for everyone at Hill City. I want them to go on a short-term trip. I wanted them to see a life outside of the comfort of the United States. We think we have a bad life until you actually see a bad life, you know, difficulty. And, and so could you speak to, I mean, you guys, I know you have people come to Israel on short-term mission trip, and they get to see the Holy Land and things like that. But speak to that thing that happens when you go do it, when you just get out of your comfort zone and go see something else. Can you speak to that? I mean, you get to see these people have this revelation of Israel when they're there with you guys coming in from the States. You know, I, I would, I, w- I want to share something briefly that happened um, when we were eating at this chicken and waffles place here. There's something and, great about chicken and, and waffles. And I just I, wanna, I, I, I rem- God has to speak through You that. have to realize when I grew up in, in the deep south, you know, I grew up in L.A., you know, that's uh, lower Alabama for some reason. <laughs> I, like, uh, I was like, what? Yeah. Like, that, uh, Los Angeles, Alabama. There was this whole chicken and waffles thing. It was just that meant soul food when you would see that. Okay. And so it's become kind of like a hipster thing now, I guess. Yeah. But um, we, I was with my son eating this. And um, here in the area, not too far, probably a few miles from here. Odd fellas? And uh, no, it was called Shameless chicken and waffles. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> It was well, not a place that... I wonder uh, what they serve. I think the adventurous uh, go there, you know, and yeah. if you're, you know, certain uh, shade of color. So, uh, but I, I just, man, it was so good. It was, was loving it. I was like, oh, this is like chicken my grandma makes. And, and then my son was sitting there and he goes, oh, this is awesome. And this woman comes up t- to talk to us. And she's, she'd heard us speaking Hebrew. And she said, so where are you from, little boy? And he says, I'm from Israel. And then she says, oh, what do you do in Israel? And I don't know why he said this. I know it's because of his, his great father. I know that's why. That's what it was. But um, he said, my heart's to make disciples. Go ahead, buddy. And she, now this is here. This is here in your area. This is why I'm sharing this. She begins to freak out. Okay. And starts screaming, oh, Jesus, oh, Lord, on, oh, girlfriend. Lord, oh, Lord. And I said, oh, I know what this is. She's about to do the Holy Ghost shut. This is a little, but there was, a, there was, she had a passenger hanging on that, that needed to be dealt with, you know. She had a little uninvited guest. Oh, she was, okay. <laughs> She was manifesting demons, okay. Oh, Let's wow. just, I'll, I'll, I'll stop, ahead. I'll stop going around the, the corner here. And so I just said, hey, but, you know, but this is the best meal I had Maybe in my life, you know, at least, <laughs> no, at least as it felt like. I said, hey, well, you know, and I just, the thought hit me. I'm not going to let the devil mess with this, my, my, eating my chicken with my hot sauce, you know. <laughs> so I just said, no, I'm serious. And I said, okay. I said, hey, can you just sit down? I said, Sella, get it. So we pulled out a chair. She sits down in the chair right beside us. And I just said, okay, I'm going to eat. With, I'm just going to lay hands on this hand and hot sauce with this hand. So I just began to 
Just say, you know. That's man, multitasking. Command Cast the, the demons out while eating you. And then I told my son, hey, you want to pray for her? And he's like, no, <laughs> sir. No. And no, so sir. she's freaking out, and the staff's coming out and looking. And I said, it's okay. We're just praying. We're just, you know, we're just dealing with some, some stuff here. And they were just looking at me like this. You know, so I just, I just basically command the, the enemy to leave her alone after yeah. about 10, 15 minutes. And and uh, she was just set free, and we had a conversation. But, yeah. uh, but it just struck me that, and one of the things that has been really on my heart recently is some of the, you know, when we go through things that we've just went through, I think, on planet Earth, a common, you know, the whole world is in a common human history moment. We're mm. all experiencing something similar. Sure. And I think it's time to go back to the basics sometimes. And I just think about the words of, of Yeshua, Jesus, Matthew, where he says, all in Matthew 28, right, all yeah. authority has been given to me. Mm. So therefore, yeah. go and make, make disciples. Yeah. And, and I imagine this as, I mean, this is after he rose from the dead. Sure. I mean, he's walking through walls. And so if somebody walks through a wall and says, all authority has been given to me, Adam, you're like, okay, I believe you got it. it. And, you, yes. and I mean, talk about, some of you feel the spirit, right? And you feel that wisp that's on you, that, that, that I call it the electric honey from heaven that, you know, that flows <laughs> on you. Just that, you know, uh, there's that feeling of the Lord moving on you. Think about when, when the man walks through the wall and tells yeah. you this. So they're yeah. feeling it. Yeah. Go and make disciples. Yeah. And I'm with you. He says, and, and lo, behold, I'm with you. Yeah. So I think about that in the moment when missiles are hitting. He's like, look. I've sent you to make disciples. I told you I'm going to be with you. Sure. Remember that. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm, the only reason I'm bringing this up to you guys is because I felt like the Lord wanted me to, to share it, that disciple-making is powerful. It is. And no matter if you're a 5-year-old or a 10-year-old right. or a 50-year-old. Right. Now, it was my son that said that, not me. Wow. And when he talked about making disciples... But the demons freaked out. Yeah, they did because of the authority of that. And so what we feel, in a, what works for us in Israel, what is working in Israel is the same things right. that worked back in the day. Yeah. And as people could go on mission, yeah, I mean, we're, we're a little bit limited now in our sure. short-term missions trips, right? Sure. I mean, but you can go to chicken and waffles. Tell us. I know because it's right down the street from you. It's, uh, and there, there's a lady You've there. got, no matter what city you're in, when yeah. you've got neighbors. You've got, yeah. and you just begin to share the simple. So it, was, true. it wasn't a profound thing. He didn't say Satan. He didn't say, and, yeah. you know, Satanás, escúcheme, fuera. You know, it's the only thing I know in Spanish. Whatever that is, yes. Satan come out. Oh, okay. You know, only thing I know in Spanish. Fuego. He taught me well. No, but, so it was nothing profound, nothing, you know, some mystical thing in Hebrew or Arabic. You know, my yeah. son knows both of them. But he just said, hey, I'm, 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 my heart's to make disciples. Yeah. And some, some kind of powerful moment That's happened good. That's good, at Kevin. that moment. That's powerful. So all of you are called to make disciples. Yeah. Not amen. just because we're in amen, ministry, amen, amen. you know? Yeah, yeah. So good. I want you guys to take a moment. Online, uh, our online campus, as well as you guys in Mansfield, I want to throw up our QR code. And I don't know if it'll work through on, in our online uh, gathering right now. You'll be able to, there'll be a link. But I just want you to see some of the missions trips that we're going to make available to you this coming summer. So if you pull out your phone and just kind of scan it, that'll take Come you on. to our website to see some of the trips that we're taking. And I think one of them is to Israel. 
and uh, if I'm not mistaken. And so uh, I think it'll be an amazing place for you to consider. I, I say this all the time. Taking your kids to Disney World is magnificent for them, but you take them to a place that they have never seen where there is real people with real hurting problems and they see God move and minister, they will never be the same. People ask me all the time, you know, what all did you do well with your kids that your kids love God? Well, first thing I did was I taught them purpose and that they have a purpose and I helped them discover that. The second thing that Ms. Jamie and I did, we drugged those kids every summer to a short-term mission trip. I can remember laying on the floor in Haiti as a, as a rat came across. I was so tired. We'd been ministering out, out on the streets, and a rat came on my shoulder right there. I looked at him. I just did like that. It hit the wall, and it rolled off. And it was, you say, Pastor, you just lost me. The moment you said rat, I'm never doing a missions trip again. I, you know, that may not. I was going to say, we've heard about missiles and rats and all the reasons that may make you say, I'm fine to stay right here. <laughs> but I will tell you, there's something expansive in your spirit when you're in another part of the world and you have the reality that all of a sudden the thing that we were so upset about that they, you know, ran out of lettuce at Albertsons or something like that, all of a sudden the perspective True. of life expands. And when we, when we set aside our own resources and now we're not saving money for the next big thing that we want to buy, but instead we're saving money to go and spread the gospel. It, it expands our world. I was telling the staff earlier that it was my first trip was to Hong Kong and to be standing there in Hong Kong Harbor and realize I'm on the other side of the world and all of a sudden my problems became real small yeah. as I realized God has such a big plan for this world. And when we go on trips, we get to be a part tell what you did, Miss of Illegal. his story. We smuggled Bibles in, into, into China, China in that moment. And um, But I just... Um, challenge you today please consider a trip consider going consider yeah. we've got smaller ones larger ones there's nothing to be in israel and to get to see the bible come alive yeah. and to stand on a place where where jezebel felt her death and yeah. know i read that oh wow that really is a place yeah. gideon's brook all these places exist jerusalem and to know jesus may have stood right here because these steps were there when he was there it will transform your world it really will Guys, would you do me a favor? Could we stretch out? Hey, everybody. Wasn't that a great message? I know that as we speak, your life is being changed by the word of the Lord. So here's what I want you to do. Take some time to think about it. Consider it. Pray and ask the Lord how you can apply it to your life today and this week. And maybe there's something that he's asking you to change or do differently in your life. So. Let's not let this be something that we just watch and then walk away like nothing happened. We're so grateful to be able to hear the word of the Lord. You weren't here in person today, but you're here with us online and that matters. And if you made a decision for Christ today, we want to know. We want to know how to come alongside you and how to support you and how we can best pray for you. So please, if you did make that decision for Christ today, text the word DECIDED to 469-606-2684. We can't wait to see you back next week, same time, same place. Share these posts with your friends. Share it on your social media. Blast it out there. Don't be greedy and keep it to yourself. We love you and we'll see you soon. God bless.